Hello and welcome to Unity Presbyterian Church Online. This week in worship, Pastor David takes a look at an overarching question of what is truth. Let's listen. Well, as you know, my wife and I recently had a baby and welcomed that baby into our household. Uh, she will be one month tomorrow. And Sarah and I, we were really wondering how are the rest of our daughters, uh, our seven and eight-year-old, how are they going to do with this transition? Because whenever, you know, you add a family member, it changes the dynamics of the whole household. So we were a little bit worried. You know, okay, will they be jealous? Because that would be very natural. Or will they just step up and, and, and take pride in their role as older sisters? What will they be like? Well, it turns out my daughters had very different concerns. They were very concerned with how our dog was going to do with the new baby. We got a pandemic puppy, just a little over a year old now, and they, they were like, how is Annie going to do now that she's not the youngest in the family? <laughs> to the extent that we were given a dog bandana, and the dog bandana said, I thought I was the baby, they loved that, put it on her, and then said, Dad, we need to do a photo shoot with her to make her feel really welcomed and that she's still part of the family. So they did. One morning, way too early, they grabbed my phone, took it outside, took the dog, and did a dog photo shoot. Um, I, I'll show you one of the pictures up here. <laughs> what, what cracks me up is they, they made it in black and white. I don't know how they figured that out. And they cropped it to this point. So this was an official photo shoot with this dog. All of this to say... When you think you're kind of heading one direction and understanding parenting, parenting's just surprising. And then you end up going in a different direction. But that's, I think, part of the fun of parenting as well. You know, I've done parenting now for a while, eight years, and I've learned some things. One thing I've learned is that parents really are teachers, aren't they? I mean, you are teaching your kids everything. You're teaching them how to be a good person how to treat others like they want to be treated. Uh, one of the things we worked on a lot when they were younger is teaching them how to tell the truth. We told them it's so important that we're able to trust you and trust that what you say is true. And so in this family, we don't lie to one another. We always tell the truth. And as kids, that's pretty easy. I mean, it's like, hey, did you hit your sister? And often they will when they're cornered. But this idea of truth, it got me thinking that it becomes more complicated when you're an adult. Because when you're an adult, there's all these sorts of claims that you see each and every day, claims that are out there claiming to be true. And you need to sort them, discern them, and decide for yourself, well, what is true and what is not? It becomes particularly challenging when groups of people, large groups of people, are saying that different things are true. Let's think about some examples. Think about this last 18 months. You have a whole group of people saying vaccines. Vaccines are safe and effective. Go get your vaccine. That's our way out of this pandemic. But then you have another group of people who are very hesitant. Uh, and some who will go as far as saying, well, COVID is a hoax. Don't trust what you hear. You guys 
have to decide what is true. Think about it in a theological way, not just a current event way. There's a whole group of people who say, you know, I believe Jesus is God. And then another group of people who say, well, no, Jesus was just a good moral teacher, but not God. And you need to decide, well, what is true? Or perhaps most important of all, there's a group of people who say Sam Darnold is going to lead the Panthers to the Super Bowl this year. I know it. And another group going, no, he's going to be the worst QB in the league. He's not going to do anything for us. Which is true? And how do you know what is true? Yes, when conflicting claims are brought to your attention, you need to discern and decide. You may have read a novel by George Orwell called 1984. I know many of us had to read that in school at some point. But he explores the role of truth in the political system. His book was published in 1949, but one of his characters, who's in charge of the political parties, talks about his view of truth. I found this quote to be uh, fascinating and disturbing. Here's what he said. Reality is not external, meaning outside of oneself. Reality exists in the human mind and nowhere else. Whatever the party, in this case the political party, holds to be truth is truth. It is impossible to see reality except by looking through the eyes of the party. So in 1984, George Orwell is saying truth would be whatever the political party decides truth is. If my party says it's true, then it's true. What I want you to notice is how George Orwell is taking authority. The, the types of uh, people and institutions you place in authority in your life and then matching that with truth. Because if something in your life has authority, you're going to trust it more. You're going to trust it and say, okay, what they say to me is true. And how in this story that can be twisted and manipulated. I mean, think of the different things in your life that you give authority to. Perhaps it's, okay, if I hear it on this particular news station, that's how I know it's true. I'm giving authority to that station. Or, and I'm sure this is not true for us in this room, but okay, if I see it on Facebook, that's how I know. (laughs) That's how I know it's true. And it's funny, we laugh about that, but how much disinformation has been put out this last year, or really, I would say, even to the advent of social media, where people have to now decide, well, am what I'm seeing, am I, is that true or not? All of this to say, it's not easy. It's not easy for any of us, and we're all in the same boat. There must be a better way. And I believe there is a better way to decide what is true. My life, I've committed my life to be guided by the Scriptures. I believe that the scriptures are are God's self-revealed will for us in this world. And so I try to look to the scriptures to find out what is true. And there's one scripture in particular that I want us to study together today. It comes from the Gospel of John. And it's towards the end of the gospel, towards the end of Jesus' life. He's been arrested, and he is going to be brought in front of Pilate, one of the Roman governors, 
And what I want you guys to notice is what this story says about authority and truth and how those are intertwined. It begins in John chapter 18, verse 33. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Okay, so notice I highlighted king because a king has authority, right? And so it's a Pilate is asking, Where do you get your authority, Jesus? Who are you, Jesus? I mean, Pilate is really wondering, Why did your people turn you in? What did you do that upset them so much? Are you really a king? Because in this time period, the claim to be king was a very dangerous claim. I mean, think about it. There was only one king, and that was Caesar. And so anyone else who claimed to be king would be claiming to try to usurp Caesar's throne and could be put to death. So Pilate's going, Jesus, is that you? Is that what you're claiming? Are you claiming to be king? Jesus does not answer directly. Instead, Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Jesus is wondering the source of Pilate's information. Did you simply hear rumors about me, Jesus wonders, or are you actually wondering from your heart? Are you authentically wondering who I am? I believe that this question that Jesus, Jesus asks can really help us in our discussion today as well. Where do you get your information? To what is the source of your information? Are you asking for yourself, or are you asking because you heard rumors of something? I mean, it used to be that in society there were generally accepted places or institutions that you went to that were truthful. You could learn what was real. That's all changed now, hasn't it? With the advent of social media, with so many different places to get information. But as Christians, we need to be discerning. Where we get our information, we always need to ask, is this reliable? Is this honest? <laughs> I've got a friend, and he was talking to me about something that seemed wild. It seemed ludicrous. Now, I asked him, where did you hear about this? And he said, oh, it was on a message board on Reddit. And I, I said to myself, I've never even been on Reddit. Like, what is this website? But it was so popular, so many people go to it, and that becomes their source of information. So as Christians, we need to ask ourselves, where do we get our information, and is it honest, and is it reliable? That's what Jesus is asking Pilate. Why are you asking this? Well, here's how Pilate responds. Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Pilate concedes that the only reason he's asking is because he's heard rumors about who Jesus is, but he himself has no idea, no clue. And so he circles back to his original question. Who are you and what have you done? Why are you arrested and brought in front of me? Now, Jesus decides to answer directly. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not from this world. You see, Jesus just admitted to being a king. My kingdom is not from this world. Here's what Jesus' kingdom is like. 
If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Think about authority. Jesus just said, I have authority because I am a king. But my kingdom is not like the kingdoms that Pilate is used to. My kingdom is not present here in this world. No, my kingdom is different. During this time period, there are only two ways that you could become a king. The first is that if you uh, were in the succession plan, if your father was a king and your father dies and you're next in line, that's how you become a king. Or the other way would be if you violently overthrew the current monarchy and took power for yourself. Those were the two ways to become a king. But Jesus is saying, my kingdom is very different, Pilate, than what you're used to when you're thinking about kingdoms and kings. Yes, my kingdom is not from this world. So what is Jesus's kingdom like? How is Jesus's kingdom different and unique? Well, let me offer a, a couple of things that I see in scripture. The first is I would say Jesus' Jesus's kingdom is heavenly meaning that you can't point to any specific country in the world and say that, that's where Jesus' kingdom is. No, instead, Jesus' kingdom is not geographic. There's not a location that you can point to to say there. Instead, Jesus' kingdom is in human hearts. It is an invisible reality that is present within each and every person who decides to live their life for God, who decides to say, Jesus, I want you to be king of my heart. That's where Jesus' kingdom is present. So there's not a country in the world that houses it because it's everywhere. It's in every country around the world where people choose to live for God. Jesus' kingdom is heavenly. I would also say that Jesus' kingdom is eternal. It's not a temporary kingdom. All the other kingdoms of the world have eventually fallen. They do not last forever, which surprises kingdoms. I mean, think of Rome. People living in Rome thought Rome's going to last forever. We're the superpower of the day. But even Rome eventually fell in 395 A.D., all kingdoms of the world are temporary, but the kingdom of God is eternal. So it's heavenly, it's eternal, and the other thing I would note is that Jesus' kingdom is not violent. It is a peaceful movement. It is a peaceful kingdom, which is unique when you think about kingdoms and power. Most kingdoms in the world attempt to either keep power or take power through violent means, through force or coercion. But Jesus' kingdom is different. Jesus' kingdom is based on peace. We've got a heavenly kingdom, an eternal kingdom, and a peaceful kingdom. This is how Jesus as king says, my kingdom is not from this world. It's different. So this is ultimate authority. That's what Jesus is saying here. When we talk about authority, when we talk about who do we trust, what sort of institutions and people do we trust today, 
Jesus is saying, you can trust me. You can trust God because look at God's authority as ultimate king. Here's a Pilate's response. Pilate doesn't really care what Jesus has to say. He just thinks, ah, I've got you now. You admitted to being a king, so I've got you. Pilate says, you are a king then, said Pilate. Ha ha, got you now. And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into this world is. I bet you want to know how that sentence ends, don't you? I mean, that seems like a big deal for Jesus. He's about to reveal this is the reason I came into the world. This is the reason I was born. Why? What is one of Jesus' primary purposes? Well, Jesus says, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. And everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And we've now come full circle. Jesus has said he is now the ultimate authority, the king of the world. And with that authority, Jesus is going to point us to the truth going to testify to the truth. And to testify in Greek means being an eyewitness to something. So if you want to be an eyewitness to the truth, you look at Jesus. You look at how Jesus lived. You look at what Jesus taught, and Jesus will lead you into the truth. There's a couple of things that I want to make note of when it comes to Jesus' purpose of revealing truth to us. The first thing that I would note is that Jesus is making the point there is such a thing as absolute truth. In our world today, we sometimes shrink from that idea because it seems, well, so absolute. It seems nicer to think that there's such a thing as personal truth. It might be true for you, but that's not true for me. You know, it's all kind of relative. But Jesus is saying, no, there is a truth that's, that's real for everybody. And it's a truth that's discoverable, that you can truly know, and it comes from Jesus. Yes, there is an absolute truth. And the second point I want to make is that that truth is discovered through listening and watching Jesus. That's why it's so important to be a disciple of God. Because part of unveiling the truth is truly diving into God's word. And it's studying the stories of Jesus. It is memorizing the things that Jesus said and taught. Those things don't just make you a well-educated Christian. They literally lead you into what is true in this world. Do you want to know how Pilate responds to that? Pilate simply says this. Pilate responded, what is truth? Wow. How about that? Pilate isn't convinced that Jesus is the truth or even has access to the truth. He's wondering, is there even such a thing as truth? Is there something called truth that we can actually discover? What is truth? That appears to be a rhetorical question because Jesus does not respond. But what I want you to notice is that In this story, there are two ways to think about truth, and those two ways are still in existence today. The first would be to fall into Pilate's camp. 
There's many of us today, or many people we might know that might fall into that camp to say, well, what is truth? It may be a genuine wondering, or it could just be that you view all absolute truth with some skepticism. There's a, there's a whole camp that I think would believe that. But I would encourage you, as Christians, and those who are seeking to follow God, to fall in the other camp. The other camp being those who want to discover truth through Jesus. Because you can. You can discover what is true and real in this life by pursuing Jesus and learning all about Jesus through Jesus' words. I truly believe that. Now, you may be wondering, David, that sounds good, but there's a variety of things that I'm wondering today that I don't see in the Bible. I mean, after all, the Bible was written 2,000 years ago, and so when I take this book, excuse me, it doesn't answer every question I have, and I get that. So let's do a case study. Let's take a modern-day question and try to answer it through Scripture if we believe that Jesus can lead us into the truth. Let's take the question of vaccines, because that has been the current event topic of the last 18 months. How do we know if taking a vaccine is the right thing to do? Well, you might say, okay, I'm a Christian, and David says my starting point should be Scripture, so uh, which chapter has to do with vaccines? Is that in Colossians that Jesus talks about vaccines? Is that Galatians? I just don't see it in here. And of course you don't, right? You're asking a modern-day question to a book that was written at least 2,000 years ago when vaccines didn't yet exist. And so how do you get answers to your modern-day questions from a historic ancient text? Here's my encouragement. You have all of the scriptural themes you need in this book to answer every modern-day question. So look for the themes. The themes that Jesus teaches on, the way that Jesus lives, and then apply those themes to your questions today. So here's an example. I see the theme of loving one's neighbor to be all throughout Scripture. Jesus teaches over and over again, it is so important not to live just for oneself, but for one's neighbor. And so when I apply the vaccine question to that, I chose to get the vaccine because I felt like that was a way to love my neighbor, particularly the most vulnerable among us, in my case being my children, who were not yet able to get the vaccine. I thought if I can offer them a level of protection, that seems to me to be fulfilling this scriptural theme of loving one's neighbor. You can do this with any question you have. They're modern-day questions, but their answers are in Scripture. But we've got to do the work of exploring, of studying, of having conversations together, because sometimes your answers that you come up with might be different than mine. But that's the work of discovering the truth through Jesus Christ. So may we all be about that work. Amen. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week.